from last week, we talked about climate change. You know, we, we covered off the idea around direct capture of your exhaust fumes from your car. We talked about, you know, the ocean and the direct air capture. Really cool stuff. Very big scale. What about something that's closer to home? You know, we know climate change is a huge issue, but we also know that, you know, your power bills are going up, which impacts your cost of living. So what about some passive energy generation from things that you already have in your home or that you could have in your home? Okay. What I'm thinking here is your exercise bike, your treadmill. At the moment, they're both powered. So I was the they consume power, uh, which controls you know the, the resistance and things like that. But what if it was the other way? So as you were riding, as you were running on the treadmill, it was generating power and putting it back into your grid or into your battery or whatever it might be. These two things already exist. So they're probably not the most exciting th- ideas in the world, but there's those two things. What about if we also harnessed wind power? So you've probably seen those little decorative windmills that you can have in your backyard. What if we had one that was more like, think about the massive wind farm type windmills, yep. but shrunk down so that it fits in your backyard. So it might be you know, a one meter blade size. So we're not talking huge fans but enough that can obviously turn um, with you know your see your five kilometer per hour wind speed so they're turning and they're generating power again putting it back into your your own power generation and then the fourth one i think this is the most interesting idea what if <laughs> we could basically replicate a hydroelectric dam in your downpipe right so think about a little turbine put it at the bottom of the downpipe across all your downpipes in your house when it rains the water falls down it turns the little turbine and that again generates power back into your home a distributed hydroelectric dam. Yeah, we're, we're basically taking these, you know, the three key renewable energy. You know, you've got solar, so assuming you've got solar on your roof already, you've got wind, and you've got hydro. We're taking these three, these three things, which are big kind of industrial things. We're, we're shrinking them down to the size of your home. You've got your own micro renewable energy source. Yeah, I, I think I think these are great ideas. Whether people want them or not, I would assume yes. You would need to look into it a little bit more. Would people pay for this for the equipment? Would they pay for the installation i think that's part of it mm. but, but i think the concept of it is something that people would be open to sure um there's actually there's an episode of the tv show black mirror uh, where they kind of do the concept there's more of, of the bike riding concept not sure if you've seen it yeah i've seen that yeah yeah so basically one of the jobs that you can do in this futuristic dystopian city is ride a bike which generates power and by doing that you earn credits or merits i think they call them in the episode just crazy not that we want people to ride for eight hours <laughs> <laughs> right so i'll just run you through a few numbers now i have you chat gpt here it's come up with some some brilliant formulas and some averages so anything here you know probably needs to be verified but i think these feel about right take it with a grain of salt with a grain of salt so with the bike if you're riding for one hour it's probably going to generate about 0.15 kilowatt hours so that's for one hour of riding for the treadmill running for an hour is going to get you about 0.14 kilowatt hours so they're both about the same but let's call them 0.15 kilowatt hours the windmill that's a bunch of factors that go into it but keeping it simple so one meter blades five kilometers average wind speed and then let's assume that that's across a full day obviously the wind blows all day you know it's it's a passive source so from that you could generate about 7.4 kilowatt hours across the day wow which is the big one that's the big one now your little uh your little downpipe turbine is what i'm calling them uh so again just thinking about one downpipe average about two meters high um and let's assume that kind of that was running for an hour so let's, let's say that it was raining for an hour that would generate about 0.12 kilowatt hours so if you had five of them or six you could be generating close to one kilowatt hour uh, just to kind of put that into perspective because i think who knows what a kilowatt hour does but if we looked at 
that's a kettle. The average kettle boiling for three minutes uses about 0.09 kilowatt hours. Uh, if you had a 60 watt globe on for an hour, that uses 0.06 kilowatt hours. And a fridge is between 0.5 and 2 kilowatt hours. So I suppose just to kind of put the comparison there, a bike will do 0.15 kilowatt hours. That'll basically power a 60 watt globe for two and a half hours. So it's not a lot, but the wind is the big one. The windmill is the big one. So if we add all of that up, um, and if we assumed that everything was was maxed, so we've got an hour on the treadmill, we've got an hour on the bike, we've got the winds windmill blowing for an, for the full day, and we've got one hour of rain. It's about 7.8 kilowatt hours. Average home uses about 30 every day. So potentially we're powering, what is that, about 28, 30% of the home energy wow. usage. Like it, it actually is quite a bit. That's that's quite impressive, actually. That's a, that's a lot of electricity generation for, for small tasks around the home. Yeah, and all of it, or most of it is passive. I mean, the, the cycling and the treadmill, you have to actively do it. But if you're doing that anyway, then the energy generation is is just passive. And if you have solar, you know, you think about all year round, solar is great in summer. In winter, not so good, no sun. But it rains a lot and it's windy. That's very true. It's interesting solar panels are seasonal. So yeah. I've never thought about that before. That's really interesting. So now we've got the option for winter generation. That's actually very smart of you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I try. And I suppose the last point is just around cost. You know, each of these things will probably cost you know, between a few hundred to up to a few thousand dollars for the item itself plus installation. I'm not sure if the little turbines actually exist. I couldn't find them anywhere. Sure. The bike and the treadmill exist. Windmills exist already. Um, yeah. So that's that's the idea this week. Wow. I'm I'm quite yeah. I'm, again, I'm impressed. I think I think it's definitely something that I would want at my house. I would do that, and I would even do the bike. I would ride the bike. I think that incentivizes exercise, which is cool. I think there's a whole thing in that, especially around you know you can take that further a home gym or a, an actual gym generating electricity, and then all these people get in there and yes, start, I like that start generating electricity. I like that you compared it to a Black Mirror episode. I think you know we're talking innovation about where you get your ideas from and where to gain inspiration from, and I think Black Mirror generally as a show is is really good for that. It's it has some really cool concepts. I just want to call that out. And yeah, would people pay to answer your question? I think you'd pay for the installation, right? But then you've sort of got free energy, so it's sort of an investment, just like solar. Yeah, it's the same as solar. You're paying up front for that longer term benefit. Yeah, so th- I, that's going to be the way out. Yeah, so that thing that's good, right? That's that's a solid business model. So yeah, fantastic idea. I'm I'm, I'm on board. And Great. yeah, there's um, various other pathways, as you said, that you could go down. You know, in terms of generating electricity in those micro sort of moments. You know, I don't know if there's kinetic solutions or you know human wearables or other ways to generate electricity to add to your whole micro electricity grid within the so, home. So we've got grid scale generation, we've got home scale generation, and now we've got personal body generation. Yeah. <laughs> right. exactly. Well, we'll have to save that for another episode. Yeah, exactly. Cool, cool. All right, I might uh, take that and move on to yeah, the next, go for next idea. So I want to talk about a problem today that I think a lot of people within you know corporations or, or business people might experience, which is where you want to contact a certain person within a community or, or society or city or, or so forth, but you know, you might not be able to get into contact with that person because they might be particularly high profile or just hard to reach in general or constantly in demand maybe that you can't get through their EA or you can't, they won't answer emails or messages or you know the, you maybe want to partner with a business they won't respond to social media so it's that reaching getting into contact with someone that, that you, is hard to get into contact with so my solution for this is a sort of platform to monetize uh, your network right so if you then have connections to say your, your local government maybe the mayor or you know maybe yeah, I'm, the, I'm very well connected yeah <laughs> yeah maybe maybe a, maybe the prime minister maybe you grew up with the prime minister right so you'll be able to monetize this on the platform you put i can connect you with anthony albanese and it'll cost you five thousand dollars but i can set you up with a 
your lunch and we'll all have lunch together, right? And that sources, that solves the problem for the person who really wants to get into contact with Anthony Albanese, right? Yeah. So that's that's my sort of solution. I think it solves the, the problem. It's a slight iteration sort of on LinkedIn. Uh, so I think the, that LinkedIn sort of shows demand for a product like this, right, already. So there's, there's a bit of evidence in LinkedIn that this could be a thing. However, the problem with LinkedIn is everyone just connects with everyone and it's sort of a clusterfuck that not everyone knows everyone. You don't know if anyone knows anyone. It's like first connection, second connection, but it's like, I don't actually know any of these people. So it's not very credible as a, as a network source. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, you connect with lots of people and you probably actually only know about 20% of them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now I have heard of this sort of thing uh, in the past with bankers in particular. Investment bankers will monetize their Rolodex so or so forth. They would say, you know, I'll introduce you to like these massive hundred people for $100,000 or something like that. So I think there is sort of some things going on, you know, behind closed doors sort of in this space, but it's bringing that to the front and bringing it to the market, to the public. So I think there's definite desirability. Well, uh, I, on, on desirability, I, I would wonder how many people are looking for someone specifically? Like how many people know they specifically want to, you know, reach out to the, you know, to the prime minister or to the, the governor or whatever, you know, position might be? Or are they just looking for somebody in the area? They don't know specifically who it is, but they're looking for somebody in, you know, medical engineering or, you know, a specific industry. Yeah, I don't I don't have those specific numbers. I think it'd be hard to tell, but I think it would be interesting to find out. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I like this idea of monetizing your network. I think that is a really good idea. Yeah. And because you're right, generally people will do it f- through goodwill. Sure. But if you've got some really high profile contacts or hard to reach contacts within your network, I, sp- I suppose it's almost a bit of an ethical question. Do you, do you profit off of that or not? Yeah. So that, that becomes the sort of site, the risks and, and we start looking at it. So there's ethical concerns and, you know, that might even tarnish your relationship with the person, mm. which is obviously not good if you've got that high profile contact, depending, maybe you have to check, cross check it with them first, obviously, and that, that sort of thing. So there's definite ethical concerns. Uh, also, the network could only have value if you had people on there with good contacts. Yeah, you need so, both sides. Yeah. So you, it's like build, classic building a marketplace issues. So, you know, I think if you had it on there and it's like, okay, I know Patrick from the Adelaide City Council, he's just an analyst there or something. It's like, cool, but you actually need Dan, you know, the vice president. Yes. Right. You, well, it's supply and demand. Like you said, it's the marketplace model. Yeah. And I think that that would potentially be a challenge. I think you've got people with networks already, but it's how you, you know, do you just list everyone that you know? And then do those other people, how do they know what to search for? Yeah. Well, maybe they, yeah. So I guess that's where LinkedIn is a tool that's a friend to this product where they can do searching. You know, you find your contact, right? You, that has everyone or you just Google, right? You know, I need someone for my business. Maybe it's an investor and you're like, this specific investor, Mark Cuban would be perfect because he invests in NBA teams. He might want to invest in my basketball team, right? So I want to get to Mark Cuban. So then you search on there, okay, Mark Cuban and the people that know Mark Cuban come up and their prices come up or maybe it's hidden and you get to pay access and that, that and that's a good segue into the monetization, right? So how can we monetize this platform? We can either take a percentage off of introduction fees or we can just charge a subscription for access to the platform. And there's obviously advertising opportunities, that sort of thing as well, but I don't, I wouldn't go down that route because you want it to be more sort of of that high profile sort of branding thing. I think advertising would tarnish that. Yeah, it's all, I've got two concepts or two thoughts. One, it's almost like a talent uh, a talent management network to an extent. So you are almost like the agency or the, the agent who knows all these people. People are coming to you to then reach out. The other thought is this is almost the concept of a friend of a friend. Mm. That's basically what it is, right? So I need to talk to that person. You know that person. Can you do the introduction? That's what you can call it, by the way. Friend of a friend. You gave me another idea with that yeah, for a name. I was going to say you could call it six degrees or you three could. degrees of separation. 
conversation, right? You know, I like it. We both thought of a name at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Uh, I, I the other one, when you said Rolodex, that's another good one too. Imagine if it was just called Rolodex. You know, it's, it has the high profile kind of that business, you know, but I'm sure that name is already taken. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the person who could execute this idea would, it would be good. You could almost do this as a one man job and you could be a person who has influential contacts and be the first person offering these services on your platform and then open it up to your friends and, and those other people because I'm assuming that other influential people have other influential contacts, right? So maybe you could go down that route of, you know, you open up first, try it out. And then it's like, you should join this platform. You know, you could use network effects to grow it. Yeah, because almost you're being let into or you're paying for access into somebody's network. That's kind of another. And I know there are, there are startups and businesses that do it. I know there's one that uh, the My First Million guys, one of them has launched uh, called Hampton, I think it is, okay. where it's really high profile and it's for people of that high profile. So billionaires and kind of 500 plus millionaires who all get together, they're in a network. They want to be able to talk to other people like them. So you're kind of paying for that access. Yep. You know, I'm not sure if that, if that concept is similar or if that kind of thing would work, that approach to it. Well, yeah, that's the person you want. These I assume people want introductions too. Yeah. So yeah, it's for people, you know, it's the people in the middle of the pyramid of, I guess, you know, wealth and influence, right? If, if wealth and influence was a pyramid, then, you know, the people in the middle that want to climb up to the next sort of level would be the, the uh, target audience. Okay. I just want to circle back to your idea really quick because we didn't actually find out who would be the ideal person to execute this idea. Uh, yeah, good question. I think it's pretty open. I think the little downpipe turbine, that's going to be, have to, if you're going to make that, you need someone with, you know, that engineering skills who can actually make the thing. Um, the windmill's similar if it already exists. If not, you know, you're going to have to make it. But I think the, these are potentially aftermarket products. So whether you make it yourself, that's a particular set of skills. Whether you get someone else to make it or you find them and then you basically are distributing and selling. I mean, anyone anyone could probably do that. And then your target audience is basically anyone who has a house, you know, because, or and not even just a house, but renters. I mean, the bike, the treadmill, those things can be done. Mm. You know, you need the installation. So you, you probably need the business set up so that you can probably acquire those products and then also install them. Sure. Um, so I, I think this one's pretty open. Definitely. And I think it's really interesting. You made me think then that for renters, it would be interesting from a landlord benefits perspective you could put it in build it into your house and then you know the, it's more of an appealing house and you know would that increase rent yield and, and that sort of thing well, yes i think the challenge you have with uh with rental properties is will the landlord because the landlord is not going to benefit from the energy generation because obviously the tenant pays for that so would the landlord pay for these renewable energy or renewable uh, sources i'm not sure that, that's again that's a question for another day yeah <laughs> absolutely should we uh end it there then i think we're done that's the pod Thank you.